Chapter 5. Luke ate every meal after that on the bottom step. It became a habit, but a hated one. He had never noticed before, but Mother often spoke too softly to be heard from any distance, and Matthew and Mark always made their nasty comments under their breath. So they would start laughing, often at Luke's expense, and he couldn't defend himself because he didn't know what they had said. He couldn't even hear Mother saying, Now be nice, boys. After a week or two, a lot of the time, he didn't even try to listen to the rest of the family's conversation. But even he was curious the hot July day when the letter arrived about the pigs. Matthew brought the mail in that day from the mailbox at the crossroads a mile away. Luke had never seen them, of course, but Matthew and Mark had told him there were three mailboxes there, one for each of the families that lived on their road. Usually the Garner's mail was just bills or thin envelopes carrying curt orders from the government about how much corn to plant, which fertilizer to use, and where to take their crop when it was harvested. A letter from the relative was a cause to celebrate, and mother was and mother always dropped whatever she was doing and sat down to open it with trembling hands, calling out at intervals, Oh, Aunt Effie's in the hospital again, or Elizabeth's gonna marry that fellow after all. Luke almost felt he knew his relatives, though they lived hundreds of miles away, and of course, they didn't even know he existed. The letters mother wrote back painstakingly late at night, when she'd save up enough money for a stamp, contained plenty of news of Matthew and Mark, but never once had mentioned Luke's name. This letter was as thick as some from Luke's grandmother, but it bore an official seal, and the return address was an embossed Department of Human Habitation, Environmental Standards Division. Matthew held the letter at arm's length, the way Luke had seen him hold dead, hold dead baby pigs when they had to be carried out of the barn. Dad looked worried the minute he saw the letter in Matthew's hand. Matthew put the letter down beside Dad's silverware. Dad sighed. Can't be anything but bad news, Dad said. No use ruining a good meal. It can wait. He went back to eating chicken and dumplings. Only after his last belch did he turn the envelope over and run a dirt-rimmed fingernail under the flap. He unfolded the letter. It has come to our attention, he read aloud. Well, so far I understand it. Then he read silently for a while, calling out at intervals, Mother, what's awful? And where's the dictionary, Matthew? Look up reciprocity. Finally, he threw down the whole thick packet and, and proclaimed, They're going to make us get rid of our hogs. What? Matthew asked, more serious than Mark. He had talked for as long as anyone could remember about, When I get my own farm, it's going to be all hogs. I'll make the government let me do that somehow. Now, he looked over Dad's shoulder. You mean they're just going to make us sell a lot at one time, right? But we cannot build the herd back up. Nope, Dad said. Those people in them fancy new houses won't be able to stand pig smell. So we can't raise hogs no more. He threw the letter out into the center of the table for all to see. What'd they expect building next to a farm? From his seat on the stairs, Luke had to hold himself back from going to fish the edge of the letter out of the chicken gravy and looking at it himself. They can't do that, can they? He asked. Nobody answered. Nobody needed to. Luke felt like a fool for asking as soon as the words were out of his mouth. For once, he was glad of his hiding place. Mother twisted a dish rag in her hand. Those hogs are our bread and butter, she said. With grain prices the way they are, what are we going to live on? Dad just looked at her. After a moment, so did Matthew and Mark. Luke didn't know why.